Welcome to the Chronic Podcast. I'm your guest host, Patrick, or in some parts of the world, Patricia, and welcome to the podcast. Today we're in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, and this episode will be about the book The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. I just read this book last month. I think it has incredible takeaways that could help every single person's life that wants to live their best life. I'm super excited to be co-hosting with my husband. And for those of you who think that we are, I have just totally lost it on the audio. We kind of have, but it's out of our control. We are live on the beach, on the beach. There's not even a road by this beach. You have to get to the beach by boat. It's just us, a couple chairs, an umbrella. There's a seagull nearby and this podcast. So, Patrick, I'll let you do the honors. You say let's get into it because I always say let's get into it. Let's get into it from the beach. All right. So, we are no longer at the beach. Uh, A lot has happened since we last recorded. It hasn't even been 24 hours since we recorded the intro. But in that time, Patrick lost his glasses to the ocean. He got pooped on by a bird. He cut his finger open. I mean, Patrick, tell me me how you feel. I feel great. Um, Just uh, living life in Mexico right now, just living the dream and ready to talk about the compound effect. All business, folks. Well, I feel like I would be doing a disservice as your wife if I didn't give you this time to speak about something else. Just just quickly, this is maybe the only chance you'll get to be on air. Hopefully you'll be back. This is maybe the only chance I'll get to have you on air. <laughs> Uh, give me a hot take on Denver sports. Or get it kicked off before I even do my first episode. <laughs> no, I didn't mean it that way. I thought more like you'll probably never come back. But give me what, you know, a lot's happening in Denver sports. Not, you know, some good things. A lot of not good things. But uh, what's your, like, unpopular opinion or your take that is, like, unique to Patrick Stokes? Uh, the abs are soft. And they're never going to get past the second round with this current team. And they need more defensemen. And that actually defend the puck. And then the Nuggets are excellent. Nicole Jokic is the best pick in Denver sports history. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for your, for your hot take. I'm sure I, I would love to have you back to do this again but you know just in case I had to let you get it out so Avalanche need more defensemen who actually defend the puck huge cool well let's talk compounding effect right yes I did (laughs) sorry this isn't Diane Sawyer (laughs) yes I did (laughs) so and then you and then I asked you to be on the podcast I more, like, told you. Yeah, I I don't think it was really a choice. I was just told to, and then I (laughs) embraced it, so. I love that. Love to hear it. 
And then I gave you like what you could talk about. And I think that you suggested um, tax law or something. And I said no. And then you told me about this book you were reading. So tell me about, just tell me about it. Like what, how does it relate to your life? How does it relate to my life? Why does this book matter? Well, so the most well-known application of compounding is when it comes to investments. Um, for example, if you're a single penny, if uh, who's going to save more if they save a single penny every, that doubles every single day for 31 days or somebody gets $3 million the first day of the month? Most people would think $3 million at the beginning of the month, but if a penny doubles every single day for 31 days, at day 31, you have $10 million million. And then I think that, you know, shows the being patient and letting uh, actions compound, you know, applies in money, but it also applies in our everyday lives. So let me know if I'm right, but it sounds like compounding is obviously starting with something small, whether that's money or whatever you've got. So maybe it's, um, I guess for me, like starting this podcast, obviously, you know, I, I didn't start with a huge audience. I still don't have a huge audience, but let's say, so with compounding then, like it's basically you start with one episode and the principle is I'm, you know, if I, as long as I continue to work at it and just try to you know, double my audience each episode, then theoretically, if I keep at it long enough, I'll have the large following that every podcaster hopes to have. Is that correct? That is true. And I'll elaborate on that a little more is, um, you know, all of our, our health, our job, our, you know, our happiness, pretty much everything in life is just a summation of daily small tasks that occur Gotcha. For example, nobody chooses, you know, nobody like wakes up and wants to have a divorce or a uh, bankruptcy, but it's just, uh, you know, a thousand small choices that led to that, that destination. Gotcha. So like, I suppose maybe in my life as it relates to health, like I suppose nobody knows my health journey better than me and you so like how would you think that i could apply kind of the compound effect in my life well so you go to lots of appointments and individually it seems like you know they don't have that much of an impact but if you you know if you're patient and consistent you know your body's going to feel better after two months of weekly appointments for example yeah do you what do you think like about the last couple months as far as like all the health stuff like do you think that i'm maybe properly applying this or like not really oh you are yeah i think i mean i'll go back to you can be like super be like brutally honest you can't going be... back going back to september i think when you stopped taking your uh what was your medicine? humira humira oh i mean you know that was a smart decision but you know the consequence of that decision didn't show up until april yeah you know, so, like, that just shows you the negative compound effect, too. You know, it wasn't, like, a, you know, your your feelings wasn't a choice there. It was just, you know, because of the pandemic. 
but then you know the that illustrates the negative compound effect yeah and the positive compound effect is um you know having a habit making a choice and having weekly habits of going to your acupuncture your suction cup your um you know taking your supplements my cupping your yeah. cupping sorry <laughs> that's okay and your supplements <laughs> and you know it's yeah. you get you're getting uh better every, every day it, it might seem small but and you know and then also getting the new rheumatologist and getting your new injection yeah uh you know so all those small actions you know and you know one of them's not going to be a miracle but adding all those actions together makes a huge impact on your life yeah I think so. And, like, I think, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but Patrick and I were at breakfast today. The best breakfast I've I've ever had. What, what about you? Yeah, it was uh, extremely good, and I would agree. Yeah, we went to, I forget what it's called. But if you're ever in Puerto Vallarta, it starts with a B. I just, it it's hard to remember things on the beach. But anyway, it was a Japanese place. We had the bao buns and the noodle bowls. And it was freaking amazing. And Patrick and I had, like, some deep conversations for breakfast. I didn't think, how many, like, lattes did you have before you sprung that conversation on me? One and a half. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We were talking about kids and how we want kids and when we want kids. And that's a story for another day. But you told me, like, that April was, like, super hard on you. And I didn't know that. Like, did you think that I did or what kind of? brought about that and by the way like just so you listeners know april was a month where i felt probably the worst i've ever felt in my life like physically and probably emotionally too what do you like did that take a toll on you too uh yes but also i mean i didn't really i mean you already had enough to do with and you take people's emotions on your own shoulders so i don't want to add to your um pain during the month of april well yeah but i think like it meant a lot to me to hear today that I wasn't alone in that struggle like you were there too and kind of saw like and you were there I guess I didn't know how much it affected you and that makes me sad but Mm -hmm. it also means like you were really paying attention and you saw how hard it was um and I guess now you can kind of see the fruits of me like trying to climb out of probably what was like health-wise rock bottom um so talk to me because I think that there's a lot of people in chronic pain and chronic illness who have reached that rock bottom probably or like to be brutally honest with all you listeners you will there will be a rock bottom at some point and then we all have to decide I guess how we're going to work past that because there is there is a past that there is light at the end of the tunnel, but I don't believe that light comes to you. I think you have to like go to the light. <laughs> that was weird. Anyway, why is compounding important? Yeah, so I'll just kind of just. I think it's good to go through like the book. I think the book has a la- lays it out very simply, but very uh, good. Yeah. So the first step is choices, and knowing your why. So if you're in chronic pain and hit your rock bottom, your why is very simple. You just want to feel better. Yeah. So you, you know, so your choice is to do actions to make you feel better. Um, and then the second, you know, after you make your choices and why, 
the next step is habits mm-hmm. that's being consistent every, every day with the choices the positive choices you are making yeah and the old adage is it takes 21 days of of choices to make them a habit yeah and you also have to be aware of your bad bad habits and also a good the book makes a very big point about the why has to be bigger than the how so if your why okay. is not big enough you're never gonna do it you know your positive choice are never gonna become a habit right and then the third thing is momentum so once you you know create those habits you know it just multiplies it's like a snowball effect is the good a good analogy is yeah you know snowball starts small and slow and then just you know as it keeps going downhill it gets bigger and faster bigger and faster that's the momentum and the other analogy they use in the book is um like a locomotive getting a locomotive started is a slow process but once it gets going you know once it's at top speed it can go through like a five foot brick wall no problem whatsoever yeah it just takes time but you know once you get the momentum going it's you know the the habits are unstoppable and then the fourth thing is influences so you know throughout the journey of creating habits and choices you have good influences or bad influences including the media and the stuff you ingest in your head and the um five people that are around you that you know kind of contribute to your choices whether you know whether they're health or financial or career yeah you know you're gonna become you know what you consume if you consume negative news you're gonna be a negative person and if you are around people that just eat junk food you're gonna not probably eat as healthy as if you had friends that eat healthier so that's pretty much like 5,000 foot summary of the book. Okay. So I can totally see why the compound effect would be helpful for me, helpful for you. Like, actually, I guess we kind of talked about how I'm working on the compounding effect by just trying to take one little action, like every appointment, appointment by appointment, and just kind of to keep going from there. But like, what's one way that you're trying to use the compound effect in your life? Yeah, so probably my bad habit of not drinking enough water affects my life in multiple ways because <laughs> yeah, it does. I get dehydrated <laughs> and then I become uh, grumpy. So grumpy. And then I mean less energy too. So then I affect my, my relationships with multiple people. And then I'm also not, you know, being my most productive self at work, at home. So then procrastinate and then stuff builds up and so i think drinking enough water every day would have a incredible impact on multiple aspects of my life and how do you compound that like how do you use the compounding effect to help you drink more water overall just uh make the choice to excuse me to track the amount of water i have every day so i'm aware of it yeah and then and then make the positive choice to drink enough water every day and then do it long enough where it's a habit and then soon enough it's just gonna the momentum's gonna take over and it's just gonna be second nature and tell us like i i thought that the what like basically because the compound effect is supposed to be over time so mm-hmm. i mean to be a little bit critical babe i feel like 
yes, you need to drink more water. That's a good habit. But the compound effect is like a, about how a little bit of like a choice over time will have like a huge long-term effect which like if you're hydrated i feel like every day then like a year from now you probably will be like overall healthier because obviously water is important but like i feel like the one that he was talking about about like weight loss and like calorie you thought that was pretty cool so i have a feeling you'll be implementing that too yeah, it's just, uh, well, I mean, that's just one example, um, you know. Like, know tell us the example. I like it. The example of the weight loss? Yeah. Okay, so I'll make this simple because in the book it's like five pages long. So oh, gosh. you got three people that are, you know, have the same exact background, same exact, you know, spot in life. One person doesn't change anything. The other person just cuts 150 calories out a day and, you know, walks 200 more, 2,000 more steps a day, you know, not that much. The other person you know, likes to bake and, you know, they have, he has like 150 more calories a day and doesn't walk the 2000 steps. And after, I don't think you see any change until 25 months, Mm. but then after 31 months, the person who eats the less 150 calories, I believe, and walks 2000 steps more a day, loses 33 pounds. Okay. And the person who eats 150 more calories per day and doesn't walk gains 33 pounds in that 31-month span. I mean, 31 months is a, is a long time. That's almost three years. Yeah. But that's just, I think that's a great example in Still everybody's know. life because 150 calories isn't that much one way or the other. It's, you know. It's like it's, a candy bar. Yeah. Or it's like a Coke or it's a. Yeah. You know, so it's just, I think that kind of is a great example to prove that. Health-wise, you know, your choices every day of what you put in your body has a uh, tremendous impact on your life. So am I saying this right, like, in financial terms, that, like, small daily changes net huge results? Is that right? That's right. And I, <laughs> and I think just the uh, hashtag in the first chapter of this book is hashtag better every day. So, you know, you don't have to do, like, something <laughs> dramatic. The hashtag. What a dad. <laughs> Sorry. It's really cool. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> so, you know, so it's not like you have to change the world in a day. It's just do, you know, yeah. healthy, you know, or, I mean, positive choices, positive habits, and, you know, you'll be successful with time. Yeah. I I like all that. I like it all, but that is super boring and so now we're going to talk about what we disagree because it's great to agree all of that was good stuff but in addition to hopefully helping you through chronic pain chronic illness or whatever situation you're facing where the compounding effect could help the compound effect could help um also we're here for your entertainment so patrick ha the first thing that I'm wondering about the compound effect. So he is kind of like anti-watching the news, sort of, mm-hmm. which I feel like is really interesting. It's not like no one can hear me because you're rifling through. You don't have notes for this. That's why I didn't tell you what I was going to disagree. Do no, you don't. No. no, you don't. Okay. So he said, like, watching the news, he's kind of like anti-watching the news, which honestly, at first, I was like, oh, my gosh, thank God, because you spend, like, 45 minutes every morning watching or reading the wall street journal instead of like cuddling me like i want you to so 
I was like, oh, fantastic. And, like, yeah, the news, I feel like I am, like, I think that, like, CNN beats a dead horse. Like, how often can you talk about one thing? And obviously I think everybody in America is tired about the news after the election, but it's also hugely important to watch the news. And a lot of it's negative, yeah, but it's negative stuff that matters. Like, if we're not watching the news, we are not following um things that are hugely important to people of color you are not keeping up with you know the atrocious murders of black people or indigenous kids that were found dead because of atrocities um that happened in basically like containment schools in canada there's all kinds of things you aren't learning and yes it's negative but it's important so how do you reconcile that like he's basically saying and correct me if I'm wrong, but he's saying the news is negative. You should listen to, like, self-help gurus in the morning instead. Okay, but, like, should you really or should you be keeping up with the news? That is important. What do you think? Well, in the book, too, he says that you should consume enough news to be an informed citizen that can vote. You know, so what he's saying is that, you know, his example was somebody who like, you know, who watch the news for 45 minutes when you get, you know, in the morning, mm-hmm. reads the newspaper, at, you know, online at work for, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes a day, and then yeah. watches it when he gets home from work and then watches the 10, 10 p.m. news, you know, so yeah. he, like, watches three hours of news a day. You know, that's not that's productive. So he, all I think, he, you know, he, he says he watches, 30, you know, reads 30 minutes of news a day. Okay. But he, he filters it so it's what, you know, really affects his life, his business, you know, so he's a, an informed voter. and So that's confirmation bias. He's only reading stuff that pertains to him. Well, I mean, that affects his life. Yeah, but how does he... Like, news isn't only about what affects your life. If you and I watched news that affected our life, we would only be watching news about, like... I don't know, gas prices and, like, lawnmowers. <laughs> We're not very, we're not the most exciting. So, but like, that's not, you have to, to be a good citizen of the world and to be able to vote for people who matter but don't have a voice in the US, you have to watch news that does not pertain to your life, right? So I disagree with him there. Yeah, I mean, how much, but question for you is to be that person, how much news do you have to consume every single day? Well, okay, so that's where I agree with you. I think, like, if you are honestly making digesting the news an intentional practice rather than just, like, scrolling, then um, 30 minutes seems doable. I think think it's more just not, like, like, and also consuming, like, news that is relevant, not, like, Breitbart or um, or, uh, Newsmax or... Fox News, you know, so I th- or C- or or even CNN, you know, they because they, you know, stuff that actually is factual and matters too. So basically, trying to find news that is the most centric, maybe uh, not the most centric, but basically, you should try to find news that is unbiased and that is factual. And we all know that that is um, extremely difficult and. I- I won't say it's impossible because I do think that there are still good news sources that um, are accurate and that try to cover a story as a story without as 
with as little bias as they can. Does everything have a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there are some great resources. Even on Instagram, there's a great feed where you can um, basically subscribe to it and they put up new stories. And in every post, they have the story from the right, from the left, and from the middle. And they give you links to each article. So I'm on vacation and don't know if I will link that today, but I will put it up because that's a great resource. Like, try to vary your news. But I feel like 30 minutes a day is doable. Yeah, and also... The other thing, how I was describing the book is, you know, like, news that isn't factual, you know, if you want to use the analogy of a body, it's like eating your, um, it's like eating, you know, like sugary carbs and, you know, it's not not good nutrition for the brain, you know, so when I say filtered, I just mean more, you know, stuff that's good quality news that's relevant to your life, you know, if relevant to your life is a broad term but you know yeah i actually was reading something today that kind of has to like pertains to it and i'm gonna have to do more reading because it's not an area that i'm familiar with but it said that there's such a thing as emotional addiction basically where you Mm. are addicted to the highs and lows of being emotional and you kind of can't regulate your emotion just to be like peaceful and like regular and one thing you do if you have emotional addiction is like in peaceful moments so you know, like in moments, for instance, yesterday where we're sitting on the beach, there was just us and the beach and nothing going on. At those moments, you literally cannot feel peaceful, which is something actually that I think that I do. It's very hard for me to just be mm-hmm. at peace. But another thing you do with emotional addiction is you are addicted to news because it's such an up and down. Like you need that rush of you know, like the highs and the lows. And, and, you know, I I feel like especially when there's a disaster or honestly the election, because that whole thing felt like a disaster, you need like that rush to be able to watch it. So I need to look more into that. Yeah. And that would be considered a bad habit. Right. And not productive. You're feeding an addiction. Yeah. Not productive to your life. And, you know, it's, you just need to have control over that habit to make sure that it doesn't control your life is what the book says. So one more, and this is my big beef, and I am confident you don't have notes for that. You actually handled that disagreement very well, uh, but this one, I don't think you do. And I don't know if you know, well, actually, I think we already talked about it, so you should know it's coming. But here's my thing. This guy is very much like you, no matter who you are, no matter your situation in life, you can change your little habits and get to wherever you want to go. But, okay, so here's the thing. Like, even with the weight loss thing and the, like, 150 less calories or whatever. Like, totally. Yes, that makes sense. Like, everyone's going to be healthier if they do that. But I suppose for, like, bigger things. For example, even, even building wealth, right? Like, what if you are not, like, a white middle class man in America and you weren't born with generational wealth and you are trying to build wealth, you literally start with one penny and you're trying to compound it. But kind of like things are against you. Like in Denver right now, trying to find housing. One of my really good friends, Sarah, is in working and housing, like working to try to find people affordable housing in Denver. And 
it can be impossible unless you start at a certain wealth level. And so what happens like if the system is against you? Or for instance, people with chronic pain. So it's so frustrating to me and I was telling my my um, functional medicine doctor this. Like there was a time, right, when you and I were working out how many how many days a week? Like four? Uh, three or four, yeah. And then and it was like a high intensity class. And we were also like on a food plan. We were eating healthier. We were working out like and hard workouts. Like, would you agree that it was like pretty intense? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anything more to add? Yes, it was a. People 40- are just gonna think I'm lying. It was a forty. Wait, you're <laughs> right. It's a forty. It was just a forty-five minute uh, hit class, like with stations, like boom, boom, boom. I mean, it was probably the best shape I was in, in after doing that for nine yeah. months. And, like, all the burpees all the time. So, but it was frustrating for me because every time we went to, like, weigh in and get measured, everybody was losing crazy inches, and I wasn't. And so, with the compounding effect, like, it was nine months, which do you think, like, nine months is an appropriate time to be able to see at least some kind of effect? I mean, I was for sure healthier. However... Like, I was talking to my functional medicine doctor, and she was like, no, because you're starting from a deficit. Like, your body's depleted. Your hormones are all over the place. Like, all that. And so I'm just saying, I do feel like there's some people in life with extenuating circumstances. And so when they hear this self-help BS of, like, if you change you, you can get wherever you want to go. Like, do you think that's possible for every single person? Or do you think it's just harmful self-help BS and this guy just wants to be famous and he's come up with something that's, like, awesome if you're, like, a white, straight, healthy male? Sorry. <laughs> I'm on my soapbox. <laughs> well, I don't, you know, disagree that some people have it harder in life than others. I mean, that's a fact. But... I still think no matter where you are in life, you know, and everybody's goals, everybody's, you know, ways to get there, everybody's, you know, um, where they're starting is all going to be different. But I think overall, I mean, everybody wants to be, you know, their best self. Yeah. And I think no matter where you start at or what your circumstances are, you know, sure, it might not be dramatic, but you can still improve your life a little bit because of the compound effect, you know. Yeah. I I don't think... Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. There's structural factors that might cause you to not have as much success as somebody else. But I still think whatever is important to to you and what you want to be, I I still think you can use this methodology to get get, get yourself there, whether it's being happier or, you know, or... um, Like a better relationship. I think that's a big one. Yeah, you, you know, and even with you know fit you know uh with with chronic pain and health you know sure it's an uneven it's not a linear path it's uneven yeah but i still think positive habits like drinking enough water or yeah you know or you know going to the going to your functional medicine doctor once a week yeah you know those habits will at least you know obviously a certain way below somebody who's healthy because it's not your fault whatsoever but like that's still going to make you feel better than if you didn't work consistent or didn't have those choices of doing those things so i think maybe then it's like yes the compound effect is universal and that 
if you try to keep a habit, like let's just use it relationally. Like if you're struggling in your relationship, then it's not going to change overnight. But like consistently having one date night a week or maybe that's impossible. Maybe it's like a 30 minute sit down every couple weeks, like wherever you're at, but just trying to maybe keep that one habit and then add another and then add another. Eventually, you should be at a place where your relationship feels stable and secure. And, you know, I think with building wealth, I think especially like for our, for millennials and and even in Denver, like building wealth can be like a huge challenge. And I think the more privileged you are, the easier it is. And I feel like if you are not coming from a place of privilege, it might be damn near impossible. So I feel like what is important to me about the compound effect that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think was addressed as fully as it could have been in the book, is like you are going to have setbacks and you might even get back to square one. But like, I think it's important to have some grace for yourself and um, realize that maybe the whole point isn't necessarily getting too perfect, right? And I think that that can be dangerous to think like, I will 100% get there. To be quite honest, maybe you won't. Maybe you'll never get to where you want. Like for me, the goal is to feel 100% healthy and I already know that's not gonna happen, but maybe it's like an 80% and being okay with that. And also just like realizing how much stronger you've gotten during the journey of just like, trying to keep a habit what do you think yeah so i think two things i think that's absolutely correct like everybody has a different baseline where they're going to start from yeah and it's just the this methodology is going to help you become a better self yeah i mean i I want to say best because you know yeah but better self and i think everybody wants that you know no matter you know no matter what aspect it is you know they want to yeah be good or at least adequate at one part of their lives yeah and then also on the two, um, there's a, I believe in the negative compound effect too, where yeah. if you don't have a date night once a week, you're, you know, slowly, but powerfully, your relationship is going to take a plunge and that's... And I mean, we've seen that in our relationship. Yeah. And that's how, you know, I think it's powerful saying that nobody chooses to have a divorce. Nobody chooses to be um, obese where, you know, where there's lots of factors in that. Nobody chooses to be bankrupt. Yeah. But it's just... A thousand, a million small choices that lead you, bad choices that lead you to that outcome. And sometimes, like, and and let's use obesity as one. Like, for sure. Could we all make healthier choices? Absolutely. But sometimes there are extenuating circumstances that make it harder for you. I'm, I'm there. So I think that it's also realizing that you can only control... You can only control what you can control. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that there's some things that, like, there are some cards that are stacked against you. Oh, yeah, and and I think it's really important to know that everybody starts from a different place. Like, you you know, if you do the compound effect and you have your health card stacked against you, you're not going to be in the cover of Muscle Magazine. You know, (laughs) like, and I guess that goes back to the why. Yeah. Like, why do you want to be more healthy than you are right now? Right, right. Is that to live long enough to see your grandchildren? Is that, you know, is that just to feel better? Is that to have more energy? Like, I think that's where the why has to be more important than the how. That makes sense. 
you yeah. know, and every, everybody's why is going to be different. Yeah. And it's going to be, de- you know, and it's going to be depend. So that, I think that's why it's so powerful. And yeah, I don't think, I mean, yeah, life stacks against everybody's, most people, you know, at certain points, you know, certain parts of their lives. But I just think that you can become a better person or better self. Yeah. And that's what everybody wants is at least everybody that I know wants to become their be- their best or better self yeah. in some aspects of life, if not multiple. And I think, too, like knowing your why also keeps you from falling into the trap of quick fixes. Like, for instance, here in Mexico, you cannot go two blocks without seeing a pharmacy that's selling anabolic steroids and you know like sure if you want to be skinnier does a steroid to help you get there sound good for sure but like are you building muscle that way are you building health that way that's sustainable absolutely not and I feel like so for me I want to be healthy because like you said I want to be able to travel with you in 50 years like I want our kids to have me i want to be around and a steroid as quick of a fix as that would be especially when you're here in mexico that's not sustainable or building and my why just won't allow for that Mm -hmm. yeah and then um you know he did talk about that in the book about your your choices yeah how we have a microwave society where you can you know lose 30 pounds in 30 days or that will never work because you know, it's just behaviorally you can't change, make changes that fast. Right. Um, you know, something can be happening until you practice it for three weeks, but if it's too big of a change, it's never going to happen. Yeah. You know, um, then also I guess I wanted to um, do a, another quick analogy just to show you how small things you do every day have such a dramatic effect is if you fly a plane from Los Angeles to Manhattan, mm-hmm. New York, if the plane's one degree off, which is, you know, not very much. You know, if you, you know... Just the trajectory is, yeah, like, one, one degree off? One degree off course. You ultimately land 150 miles off course. Wow. Which is either Dover, Delaware, or Albany, New York, so... <laughs> Major letdowns. <laughs> you know, so, like, I think that just kind of is a good analogy <laughs> to show you, like, if you do one thing, one small habit, you don't think it's that big of a deal, but if you do it... Yeah. You know, if you don't do it or do it you know, or do it wrong for like a year or two, you know, it's going to have a 150 mile change on your life. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, uh, the moral is folks don't land in Albany, New York. (laughs) Don't land in Delaware. Stay the course. I feel like you start at day one, you start with one cent, you start with one action and you don't veer off course, like not even one degree. And then that all sounds nice (laughs) but inevitably you will you will stray life will happen you will veer probably more than one degree and then you go back to square one right babe and you do it all again well yeah i mean it's not a linear path you know nothing in life is perfect where you're just gonna do the same thing perfect not perfect but the same habit consistently every single day yeah you know it's gonna be a bumpy path yeah you know and um awareness is the key of trying to fight that is you know if you're not aware of your vices or your bad habits you know you're never gonna you know realize you're off course so i think awareness is key 
Well, that's perfect. I don't have anything more to add. That was the perfect way to end that. Patrick Stokes, thank you for being on my podcast. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. You want to come back? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, before we go, we're going to tell you a story about being here in Mexico. It is not for those with delicate sensibilities. So if you have those, leave now. Thanks for being here. If you want to stick with us, we're going to tell you a story from night one in Puerto Vallarta. Okay, so Patrick hat off, Patricio hat on. Deal? Mm-hmm. Okay. Deal. Okay, tell us, tell us about night one, Puerto Vallarta. So we went to a gay bar in... Tell us about, set, set the scene. So, I, I, am I saying the scene? We're go, we went to a gay bar and... Well, no, like, what did it look like? What did it feel like? Oh, yeah. Well, like, okay, sorry, sorry. You go, you go. We said, <laughs> yeah, we went to a gay bar. I had to go and tell the bar before I could... <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. Okay. We went to a gay bar and it was... Um, uh, Elise and I were the only straight men or woman in the bar. It was uh, probably, what, like 15 gay guys in the bar? Yeah, but, like, okay, okay, I'm sorry to stop you again, but what was cool about the bar? Like, what's the vibe? The best margaritas you could ever have. Absolutely. And there was um, queens all over the place. Yeah, so, okay, this is what I was trying to get at. It is so cool. So, it's called Reinas. I'm probably butchering that, but that means queens. And I suppose if you didn't know, you could think it's like a British bar. It's like red. There are pictures of queens everywhere, like the queen of England, other queens, Queen Victoria, like beautiful ornate paintings, photos. Like there's Diana, there's sculptures, there's like tiaras everywhere. Like, did you think it was like a pretty unique vibe or did that totally go over your head? Oh, yeah, it was. I thought it was just a. British bar by itself, just because <laughs> there was literally queens, and then there was um, uh, statues of um, Roman uh, men with their uh, completely naked. Patrick was disturbed. And there was that. one statue with a uh, boxer Bruce on the the the, uh, the guy on his uh, you know on his crotch. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So we're there. We we were drinking at a at a table for a little bit, like just us, and then I got bored basically, and so I went up to the bar. Not that you're boring, I just need adventure. But you are not boring, honey. You just need to talk to some gay guys. Yes, I needed to, and because they like they exuded life. Like these guys at the bar, I was like, they are living. And I'm so glad that I did. So I go up there. Um, the bartender's awesome. He's leading us on a 10-mile hike tomorrow. So if we don't come back, um, we are at Ms. LaMoya um, uh, Waterfall. And if we didn't come back, it's probably because I tumbled down the waterfall and died. So, And Patrick came in after me, probably. Because you would save me, right? Si, senor, Rita. Thank you. So we go up there, and I'm having the best conversation of my life. With two guys who I now consider friends. 
we are going to one of their um one of them is having a cabaret show on sunday and we're going and the other we are instagram friends and we had an amazing conversation basically about the existence of god and how that pertains to pain and how that pertains to social justice deep conversation so i'm in a deep life-giving life-affirming conversation with these guys and you keep tapping me on the shoulder well let's back up so i went to the bar sat right next to her and her back was against me because she was talking to the two other people on the left hand side and i was talking to my brother on the phone but also i was absorbing you talking to your brother yeah for about oh, 10 minutes on the sorry phone. chris and then also i was absorbing all the greatness that was happening all the media from Nikola Jokic, the first Nuggets oh MVP. Gosh. So I was probably I was probably twenty minutes of my life. You really were the straightest guy in that bar. And then this uh, guy came next to me, this older gentleman. And we're gonna keep this like slightly PG. And uh, you know he was talking to me, and then uh, he kept asking me if I was gay, and I said no, my wife's right there, and he kept telling and, me. And you know what? I'm gonna interrupt you here just because. Patrick is a super sensitive person, but sometimes doesn't come off that way. And so there is nothing wrong if Patrick was gay. Right? That is correct, yeah. Right. But he does he does have a wife and he's not. So anyway, keep going. And then um, he just kept talking to me. And then um, he asked me how... Um, Basically, if you wanted to go home with him instead of me. Yeah, he asked me who I want to go home with, and I said, uh, Elise. And he just uh, kept asking me to go home with him. And then every time he like, came back from the bathroom, he would like rub my back. And I was definitely getting hit on by a guy, which never occurred to me before. Yeah, Patrick, never, it never occurred to him that he might be attractive to anybody but women. Or me specifically, if it's just me, like... You just never thought you'd get hit on again after getting married? Yeah. Have you ever been hit on after getting married? Like, by a woman? I don't believe so. Not oh. that I remember. He probably has, you guys. He probably has. So, I know he's getting hit on. But to me, like, that's great. I think you're attractive, so I don't know why. Like, of course other people find you attractive. And it totally makes sense. Like, you're attractive. Of course he was hitting on you. So, I knew it was happening. I just didn't care. Like, not because... I like. And I knew that you're super loyal. That's why I didn't care. You're going to come home with me. That's why I don't care. But Patrick keeps tapping me, tapping me, tapping me, thinking he's going to, you know, like, yeah. You basically wanted me to rescue you. Correct or incorrect? Extremely correct. (laughs) Okay. So why might men have been hitting on you? without you realizing there was a very specific item of clothing you were wearing that might have caused some being hit on well i was wearing a shirt that elise got for me a very great gift she got for me from north carolina yeah it was from charlotte north carolina so says sausage works on the front whose sausage works my sausage works (laughs) so the shirt on the front this is my sausage (laughs) works And Patrick does not even realize he's wearing this shirt. So 
I bought him this shirt from Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> you guys, he's like tipping his head back laughing with his eyes closed. He's having a great time right now. Um, I went to this, it's called Lowe's Grocery Store in Charlotte or near Charlotte. And they make their own sausage there. And they have this shirt that says, my sausage works. So I bought it for him, not thinking he would ever wear it out of the house. And here he wears it to Mexico and then wears it into a gay bar and wonders why he's getting hit on. And then when did someone even mention that to you yesterday? Uh, the timeshare presentation. Yeah, another time for another day. If Patrick doesn't come back from Mexico alive, it's because he roped me into a timeshare presentation. Luckily, everything except for that has been like literally perfect. We have found the perfect restaurants, the perfect beaches, the perfect Airbnb. So he'll probably come back alive. He's probably fine. But I was not impressed by that. However, he wore his sausage works shirt to that too. You gotta you got recycle your shirts, your clothing. You gotta... <laughs> Wear things until they get dirt too dirty to, to wear them so you can have enough clean clothes for the whole trip. However, your shirt yesterday was very dirty. You got, like, taco sauce all down. I don't even know what was on that shirt. That was from breakfast. No, it was dirty before breakfast. No, it was from the hot sauce no, from wasn't. breakfast. Yeah. No, it wasn't. I could see first thing in the morning it was dirty. <laughs> anyway, so the nice timeshare presentation man alerted Patrick to the fact that maybe men were hitting on him because you cannot wear a shirt that says my sausage works to a bar. Have a we gay learned, bar. Have we learned our lesson or like no? Yeah, I just got to be more aware of what I wear for the situation. For sure. Yeah. But what like zero to ten, what would you rank that bar? Uh, for the drinks or for just for just the like vibe just the vibe and, was, and the drinks it was a, a nine for sure a nine for the vibe and, and the drinks yeah really well, see i would give it like an 11 well also like i was uh, in a little uncomfortable position so yeah but you know what the next time you're not gonna wear that shirt and you'll just be able to have fun yeah are we going back there tomorrow, please? See. Okay, cool. Well, this is the part where you tell people goodbye. Make it snappy. Make it make it not snappy, like because sh- I never do. Make it like super memorable. Well, for everybody who listens to the Chronic Podcast, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. And I would love for people to give me feedback on how I've done. So you can uh, find me on Instagram at Stoked. Or talk to Elise on the at the Chronic Podcast. Is that right? Wow, throwing down the Instagram. <laughs> I never would have thought. Yes, it's at Chronic Podcast. And I will put the handle on today's episode notes. And I will also put Patrick's handle down. My word. Look at you go. And until next week, adios.